0: Eliza, good to see you.
1: Great to see you too. How are you? No, I'm doing well. It's um, it's been a weird time with everything going on. It looks like we might be going back into lockdown.
0: Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Those uh, randy security guards in <laughs> Melbourne. Keep I'm... it in your pants. If there was ever a time to keep it in your pants, it was when the country's facing a pandemic.
1: It's pretty shocking.
0: <laughs> That's men for you, isn't it? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> He probably knew she had COVID and was still like, "Yeah, bro, why not?"
1: Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah,
0: a condom will protect me from that, bro. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, how have you how have you found this so far? Where uh, uh, this is our fifth episode? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're enjoying the um the podcast life.
1: I am, and I'm I'm loving the topics that we're getting across. They're kind of all my favorite things to chat about anyway. So I'm enjoying it. What about you? Right, No,
0: I'm loving it. Yeah. I, um, I'm i finding it fantastic. And I'm loving seeing the reactions of people online <laughs> because this, for whatever reason, people get really passionate about these kind of male versus female discussions. Yeah, yeah. they can be emotional
1: arguments. and people kind of want to defend their um, perspective or their viewpoints on that.
0: Extremely yeah. emotional, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we've really hit a hit a nerve with this podcast. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. I think ultimately, I have a lot of faith in in um, you know this uh this podcast, and I think we can um, we can keep growing it. Hell so yeah. yeah, keep spreading the word. Uh, it, oh, we have to announce we we definitely have the the name for the podcast now. Sex sells. I mean, you would know that by now. But mm-hmm. um, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to youtube.com slash TV if you haven't already quick plug there eliza also has an instagram account now so
1: yes what's that one it's not very exciting when they got one post up so far but it's eliza joy wilson
0: okay eliza yeah. joy wilson follow yeah. her on instagram all right so eliza do you want to introduce the topic for this podcast because this was your idea but it's something i'm very interested in yeah. as well so uh, tell the listeners a little bit about the um the topic and why You want to discuss this one?
1: Well, just before we were chatting about it, and I guess just a minute ago as well, about people getting really um, defensive of their view- viewpoints and opinions. And one of the things that people are really, really steady on is monogamy versus polyamory or open relationships or just non-monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. So I thought that would be interesting to delve deeper into and talk about the history of um, when we change from polyamory to monogamy and why and what's more natural to us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really uh, at the fore of the uh, cultural discourse right now, isn't it? It yeah. seems to be quite popularized with well, with podcasts and and the internet. Um, polyamory is um, is becoming more and more accepted, and it's yeah. uh, it's more and more popular, yeah. especially in uh, Western societies and in I suppose middle and upper class uh, circles.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a growing trend, and I read that. One in five Americans have experienced a non-monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. One in three would like to be in one. And currently about two to four percent um, of Americans are in a non-monogamous relationship, which is actually quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I bet a lot more are. They're just not aware of it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh consensual monogamous yeah. non monogamous relationship. That's yeah. the that's the key, the consensual
0: part. That's yeah. the big difference yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> um so briefly, uh let me let me try to define the two terms and, mm-hmm. and you tell me if I got it uh mm-hmm. right. So monogamy is just uh two partners that are exclusive sexually and well emotionally mm-hmm. in many ways. Um they are, you know, they're the primary partners for each other and Any sort of uh, sexual or emotional escapades outside of that bond is considered cheating, Mm -hmm. and I guess those are the general rules. Uh, As far as I'm aware, uh, you know, during the advent of – agriculture and mm-hmm. as uh, humans move towards a more agrarian society from hunter-gatherers, mm-hmm. that's when monogamy really sparked up. But mm. uh, prior to that, so for most of our history as a species, we lived in, uh, well, polyamorous tribes, yes, essentially. Exactly. And we, we definitely weren't uh, exclusive. We're not pair-bonding mammals. Mm-hmm. Um, so naturally, what's intrinsic to us is, is not monogamy, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Religion really helped mm-hmm. uh, and push monogamy, and some would say it was a tool by the elites of yesteryear to control the populace. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be also something said about the the simplicity and ease of monogamy. It makes sense; mm. it's easy to understand. You know, there's a there there are set guidelines and rules that um, are quite simple to follow. Now, mm-hmm. uh, the downside is obviously we are foregoing our natural desires in many ways and we're not uh experiencing um sex in the way we're probably designed to experience yes, well, it
1: that's the big debate but you, you yeah. seem to know a lot about this you've got it down
0: yeah <laughs> yeah well <laughs> I uh, did a bit of research, probably not, I probably don't have the knowledge you, you do, but um, a big one is Sex at Dawn, that's a very popular yes. book that um, talks about polyamory. But how about, I've just sort of given an overview of monogamy there, how about you give uh, an overview of polyamory and also just other non-monogamous yeah, relationships? Yeah.
1: So for the sake of this, so we don't have to keep switching terms, it's probably easy to refer to it as non or polyamory. But mm-hmm. there's so many different um, umbrellas. There's open relationships. Um, polyamory means multiple lovers, mm-hmm. whether that be um, – doesn't necessarily mean sexually. It can mean romantically as well. Yep. Um, and there's also polygamy, and, which is multiple wives, Um so there's a, a, a variety of different ways in which that kind of fall under non-monogamy, but essentially it means you don't just have one singular romantic partner um, and that you can have equal commitments or non-equal but multiple commitments to multiple people. Um, so that that book, Sex at Dawn, was such a pivotal argument for non-monogamy, um, but it's it's been wildly controversial and a lot of people mm. think that they have debunked his theory um so the author what's his name chris riley chris ryan ryan yes yeah Yeah, chris ryan um pretty much his entire book is showing how we biologically and and through evolution were meant to be non-monogamous but as you said we changed during um, about 12,000 years ago when agriculture became a thing and we were wanting to protect our own properties our sources and therefore wanting to protect our own um, offspring as well Mm. Um, and that you know that's when kind of monogamy comes into play because there's a belief that or a theory that men are wired to not want to protect or look after other people's children Mm -hmm. so it's in the male and female's best interest to have a one single commitment committed relationship in order to have both um, mother and father in the life of the child
0: yeah yeah and i can see how historically it was far more advantageous for the majority of the population to be monogamous. Mm-hmm. Um, it just made sense with most people, like I said previously, living an agrarian lifestyle. If you have a farm or something mm-hmm. like that, and then mm-hmm. there are uh, there is the sort of there there are a multitude of partners associated with private property that would just get really confusing. I could imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I don't want to uh, delve too deeply into what is natural mm. to us because I'm definitely of the firm belief that monogamy is not natural. I think the debate really comes down to what is better for mm. us and what is better for society. Mm-hmm. I find it hard to see any scientific argument that we are monogamous mammals. Um, just if you look at our closest relatives, all the chimp species. Chimps and bonobos. Yeah, chimps, bonobos yeah. and all the ape species yeah. are Non-monogamous. Yeah, if I'm, you're correct right. There? You're yeah.
1: right. And the only, um, well, not the only, but one of the biggest, um, debates against that is two things. Um, the only evidence that is commonly referred to, I shouldn't say only evidence, but. Mm-hmm the most common (laughs) debate against that is that um, this actually comes down to testicle size. So (laughs) um, humans, chimps and bonobos have the same size penis, um, but chimps and bonobos' um, testicles are about 150 grams, whereas males are about 30 grams. So they would say... Oh, they got us there. Yeah, they're saying that um, the purpose of that is... We are only supposed to be spreading our seed to a minimal amount of partners, whereas chimps and, and bonobos are supposed to be spreading it amongst their amongst their group. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Um. What What do you do? You think that points to uh, monogamy being intrinsic to to human beings?
1: Not necessarily, because it's it's hard. We can't really go back and um interview and see how it was but we do know that it was tribes um and there were groups of people that would care for each other's children equally mm-hmm. and provide for their um tribes and mobs equally as well yeah so in that case it didn't really matter it was whoever's babies. It's everyone's babies, and there are still mm. tribes um, like that. I think there's one currently in in Venezuela. I can't remember the name of it, um, but it's commonly referred to. And when, when a woman becomes pregnant, any woman that any man that she has sex with during her pregnancy, around the time of pregnancy, conception, is considered a father. Mm. So if she's had sex with fourteen men, that child has fourteen dads. Yeah. Yet. Okay. So it is kind of interesting um, how we've we've kind of changed away from that and moved towards monogamous because I guess a society finds it more beneficial and like you said it's not so much about what's intrinsic to us or natural but it's about what is deemed to be better for us or what we believe to be better for us absolutely
0: yeah yeah Yeah, that's really interesting I thought most uh, hunter-gatherer tribes that still exist today they're non monogamous Yeah,
1: yeah, there's a lot out there. Yeah, yeah. There's, a,
0: there's quite a few undiscovered yeah. ones in in Brazil yeah. and they they only discovered the last um aboriginal tribe that wasn't aware of uh western civilization in the 90s or something mm. like that. Mm. And Australia's quite big, maybe there mm. are some still out there.
1: Who knows? Probably. Australia's massive. Appar-
0: apparently there are some like uh forests in Tasmania that are very hard to get to and only yeah. one or two people have actually traversed yeah certain cliff faces or something like that. So, you know, there could could be some still out there. Yeah,
1: and also down in um, Victoria, there's a lot of, like you said, forests that are protected by the Aboriginal people and anyone that tries to um, knock down a tree or build a road Often is met with like the whole community refusing to allow it to happen, stepping in, lying on the road, training around trees and things like that, and that a lot of people can't actually access into further that community even to see if they need health resources or anything. It's very, mm. it's kept very private. So who, um, who knows? So
0: they virtually are untouched then by yeah. what yeah. you could call modern civilization. Yeah. So that. To me, is quite clear evidence if, if most or mm-hmm. even all of the hunter-gatherer tribes that still exist, so so uh, mm-hmm. human uh, societies that don't have agriculture, mm. if they're all non-monogamous, it that makes me, you know, that would sort of correlate with uh, mm. the idea that it's not natural to us. Then I suppose you you get you can get into an argument of well, how do you define natural? And if yeah. we are if, if we have developed cultural norms and ideas and abstract ways of thought that we are capable of as homo sapiens and that has led us to decide that monogamy is a better solution for structuring our society maybe mm. you could define that as natural because we came to that sort of evolutionary conclusion mm. but if we define natural in in terms of just what is biologically intrinsic mm. to us i'm i'm again like i said i'm off the firm belief that it's not it's not natural for us to be monogamous. Um, that's interesting about mm. the testicle sizes though. Mm. That is very interesting. Mm. So so who knows? Um, yeah. Would you, you would agree, right? That it's not natural for us to be monogamous?
1: I think historically, yes. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure about it. I think that's been the way through. I think it was, um, we have had, you know, humans for 300,000 years Mm -hmm. and we only became monogamous 12,000 years ago Mm. so majority of that time is believed to be non-monogamous at least in European and Asian countries I think they're only just starting to explore Africa um, now and what the trends were back in hunter gathering days now Um, there's not much in that kind of area so that's interesting but another thing was that um, alongside the testicle size was that humans are the only species or one of the only that face each other during sex. And not always. <laughs> not always, but often. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um. And I, I'm not sure how that was linked into monogamy, but a lot of people bring that up, being like, it's that, um, committed lovingness. Um, but I guess you can still have that with multiple mm. people. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. We're
1: we're doing it <laughs> with multiple people. Yeah, we, we're 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 either making love or we're fucking. You yeah. Know? There's a difference there. <laughs> there certainly is. Yeah. Um. But one of the <laughs> The really interesting things that um, people are saying for monogamy, like there's one that uh, a person, his name is Brett Weinstein, and he's
0: oh, yeah. yeah, he follows me on Twitter. Whoa!
1: Believe, yeah. Shout out. Um, <laughs> that's if pretty cool. What a claim. Yeah. <laughs> subtle flex. Hmm. Um, but he's a evolutionary biologist, and um, he he's very well well-known for his research and beliefs into that. And he thinks that monogamy is the most effective way um, to be living in this day and age, specifically because of children Um, and that...
0: It is a strong argument, Yeah, I think.
1: But then when he was asked, well, what about non-monogamous people that don't have children or don't want children? He was like, well, Yeah fair, like let mm. them let them do it then. Um, not that we shouldn't not let anyone do it. But he was saying that, you know, with children, we know that it's really important that they have a consistent caregiver and having an inconsistent caregiver, like a father coming in and out or not not um, having that um, pressure to provide or mm. want to provide specifically for this one child throughout his entire childhood can have a really detrimental impact on the child.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. I, I, I would agree- in, in the sense that uh, when we look at society today, mm. the most effective way to conduct ourselves seems to be monogamy just for, for mm. the fact of children and for the fact of just the nuclear family because mm. hunter-gatherer tribes didn't have the idea yeah. of the nuclear family. There was a whole tribe that would look after the child. Mm. Hence, it made a lot more sense to to not be monogamous. Mm. But when the way we, we structure our social life and all the cultural norms that exist in society to be fully polyamorous and to just have equal uh, but multiple partners mm. and then have kids as well. To me, I, you know, intuitively I would then think that group almost needs to live like a tribe.
1: Yes. Yeah. And
0: would have to live in a um, commune or something mm. like that, which mm. they can they can do that. But uh, mm. again, when, when we take into account... Uh, respect for private property and mm. the nuclear family; those two major facets of not just Western civilization, I mean mm. post-agricultural civilization. Um, that sort of hunter-gatherer style polyamory—it it just doesn't seem uh, conducive to it, it, optimizing uh, the development of of children. Exactly. So I would mm. I, I would agree with him there. I, mm. My question would then be. Would it be possible to uh, restructure some of our cultural norms and and Mm. our society to allow for uh, non-monogamous relationships to to thrive Mm. and for it then to be quite beneficial for Mm. children? Because like they always say, uh, it takes a tribe to raise a baby.
1: Exactly. So
0: there's actually huge advantages to to having a a group or even if that's an extended family. Mm. You know, I've... On a personal note, I think um, if I do have kids, which I want to one day, I think it's important to uh, not just have the the mother and father, or mm. you know, the the two primary caregivers as the main influences. I, I um, would hope that grandparents, uncles, aunties, yeah. and um, the extended family plays a plays a huge role. So I'm probably going to marry a, an ethnic girl, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I think is really important to the yeah. development of a of a a child. I don't even think that. I think that's that's yeah. been scientifically proven yeah, as absolutely. well. Absolutely.
1: And I was watching a video this morning actually with um, Esther Perel, and she was talking about this, and she was saying that polyamory um, and the people I know that are subscribed to that um, lifestyle, there actually is a massive community for it. Yeah. Um, and people that are in that relate type of relationship structure often associate or socialize with other people in that structure and we do have some communities even just like an hour or two out of sydney that
0: There are a few Yeah, there.
1: yeah, there's they're quite popular. I don't know Head if there's Byron. Yeah, specifically not just for polyamory but that kind of community living where you share all your resources, you grow the food, you just yeah. buy one spot of land and then you kind of all live together which I think is is pretty cool. Yeah. Um,
0: they, they are, from what I've also heard though, they tend to, a lot of people do leave those sorts of communes mm. and then they mm. have their issues as well. I think we can sort of
1: mm.
0: have a concept of the grass is always greener, you yes. know, we, we think about that and we think, oh, that's so that's so wholesome, that kind of community-based living, but we are also... Well, we we uh, there's a there's um, many negatives to the human condition, which mm-hmm. um, make for uh, those sorts of structures to break down occasionally. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of infighting, and there's. Uh, uh, a lot of self-interest and, and jealousy yeah. and those sorts of mm. things that if you look at, uh, well, let's come back to sort of the the different primates. So our closest relatives, chimpanzees and bonobos, yeah. very different. So uh, mm. chimpanzee is very violent, mm. uh, quite patriarchal, mm-hmm. uh, and there's usually there's one dominant male mm-hmm. and, and then a few other. Uh, high status men that that get access to most of the women yes. in the in the tribe and then there are a few other sort of straggler men that mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> leer around the mm. the incels of the chimpanzee world. <laughs> um, whereas bonobos they're well they're living on a commune. Like they're mm. all hippies and they're And just, they're having sex. They're having a lot of sex. All uh, the time. Yeah, yeah.
1: Bonobos mate at hello, goodbye, when they grieve yeah, stress, wow. everything. It's constant. Um and another point of That's that alive. Yeah. Um, which is interesting is that when they compare us to um chimpanzees and bonobos is that we're more closely related to um them than like the Indian um elephant is related to i can't remember african African elephant yeah that says a lot yeah so that's it's really interesting um but one of the big points that people often make as well is the financial commitment of having multiple children with multiple spouses that's a good
0: point yeah just thinking in sydney that
1: that it's like on average two hundred thousand dollars to raise a child actually that's not even in sydney that's just like Australia so in Sydney okay. it's probably a lot more yeah. you know childcare fees can be $30,000 a year 40000 Yeah, yeah yeah depends
0: on what school you send them to yeah. Well. yeah
1: yeah school fees as well so the cost of that is um is massive and a lot of people think that you know if you are polyamorous you have commitment issues um and that's why you want to have multiple partners because you can't commit to one but really it's you have to be the pro at communicating because you're going to have to satisfy the emotional needs of multiple people. Like you have to be committed to that many mm. people. If anything, you're you're increasing your commitment in some ways. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Mm. Um, yeah. So if we move into the the sort of uh, the modern. Uh, criticisms and ideas mm. surrounding polyamory and, um, and open relationships—that's mm. the biggest one. Uh, it's um, it's a way I would have definitely felt for most of my life, which is that oh, you just you don't have any discipline, you know. Just mm. stick to the one person. Mm. Uh, you're just uh, intellectualizing what is essentially your hedonism. Mm. <laughs> mm. You know, you've put uh, put these grand theories uh, behind what is basically you just wanting to bang other people Mm -hmm. now i'm sure there's some people that actually are like that Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong but when you look at some of the statistics of modern marriages and modern monogamous relationships it's very grim i mean the the divorce rate is massive Mm -hmm. the infidelity rate well they can't properly uh quantify that okay Mm. often because people don't tell the full truth but it's more than fifty percent of yeah. marriages have some sort of infidelity. More than fifty percent end in divorce. Mm-hmm. I mean, this there's clearly issues there. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. the other option is like monogamy is the standard to aim for, and you don't always necessarily live up to that. But then you you know you forgive the person, mm-hmm. but you still try mm-hmm. to maintain that, and then say people are tempted, but you don't sort of strive. You, you sort of understand. Okay, that was my those were my temptations running running afray mm. and uh I still need to strive and aim for uh committed mm. marriage and, and monogamy um mm. it is it is interesting um and sometimes you know I uh look at people uh, I you know I hear interviews and see people who are polyamorous and I can't help but think mm, you just seem very you're just, you're just a hippie, right? Like yeah, you do yeah. kind of want to live this alternative lifestyle because maybe it gives you a sense of meaning and purpose. But mm. I question, have you really thought about this and do you mm. understand the, re- the responsibilities there? Mm. So we're really at a sort of early stage in that sense. But, you know, the, the 60s was all free love and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was even talking to my mum my the other day and, you know, she was, well, she was sort of my age during the late, during the 80s actually but she was thinking that marriage by the time we hit the the present day marriage just wouldn't even be an institution anymore so wow. this isn't that new like it's mm. been around um for a few decades in western civilization mm-hmm. at least and then if you look back to uh ancient Greece and ancient Rome i mean they had very different ideas about sexual morality particularly yes. the elites there who were all having orgies mm-hmm. <laughs> and they weren't um there wasn't that pressure uh, to be uh strictly heterosexual it wasn't yeah. immoral to for men to sleep with other men and it wasn't seen as a the big thing about ancient Greece is it actually wasn't really seen as a you know men being soft or yeah. uh, being pansies or whatever mm-hmm. it is it was actually um just the they, sexual enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. yeah they sort mm-hmm. of saw sex not as a man and a woman, but there's someone penetrating and someone being penetrated. hmm <laughs> And exactly. so someone's in a position of power yeah. and someone is being submissive. Yeah. So we've generally talked about uh, uh, the definition of monogamy in just post-agricultural times, mm-hmm. but throughout different mm. societies there's there's been a very different idea about yeah. sexual morality uh cultural norms um what do you think on a personal level what do you think what what do you think about monogamy versus open relationships mm. and do you think there's uh something more virtuous to foregoing those Uh, Mm. sexual urges and and committing Mm. to the one person Mm. and and you're I wouldn't say a better person but you're Mm. you know you're resisting temptation so you are a more austere and ethical person do you think there's any validity to to that argument
1: oh that's a that's a tricky one I I definitely think that Polyamorous relationships need to be recognised, and they're not really, and it's kind of something that's often kept on the hush-hush or the down low. And mm-hmm. in some countries, it's it's highly illegal. Um, you you know you can't. It's difficult to buy a apartment here with you know if you're in a thruple or something like that. So society does put in um, boundaries in place for those relationships, and the studies show that even though we do have a very much high divorce rate in monogamous relationships. Um, Studies show that there's not actually a difference in the happiness of monogamous versus non-monogamous relationships. Um, Both are relatively the same. Both have often the similar amounts of struggles. Um, Everyone's miserable at the the end of the day. (laughs) Just the non-monogamous community is much more stigmatized um, and it makes people uncomfortable with that. And some of the reasons for that, uh, which is, I think, actually a fair point I can't remember who was talking about this. It might have been Jordan Peterson because he's another person that's really against non monogamy. Yeah. yeah. And I know you like him. Um, But he. Well, I
0: disagree with him on that that point. Yeah.
1: He's so um, stuck on this one that he's very certain. But one of the interesting points was that, and it's come up a lot in our old podcasts that we've done, the previous podcasts about, you know, alpha males and or women are attracted to 14% of men and blah, 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 those kind of yeah. things. But if we were in polyamorous relationships or, you know, men with multiple wives, the top tier men would get all the wives. Um, and what would happen to yeah the men that, you know, if, if there's one man with five wives because they think he's more desirable or can offer more or those kind of things, that puts a lot of the other male race um, at disadvantage. Male race. Male race, (laughs) male gender. Um, And on the flip side of that, though, is that these men are more likely to be picking younger females and attractive females like um, girls in their youth um which puts older women at risk as well Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of um i thought that was a really really interesting point about why it's not really going to work especially because you know you yourself have said that that lack of um options or lack of experience and things like that can be so frustrating for men and then frustration can unfortunately sometimes lead to violence um
0: yeah um if you look at Some um, Muslim countries they don't Mm -hmm. allow polyamory, but they allow Mm -hmm. polygamy. That's where men are allowed to have multiple wives. And what happens Mm -hmm. is there are a lot of men out there that don't actually end up with a partner. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine that would be a good thing for them. Mm -hmm. So the whole like open relationships and, and polyamory can't exist in in society as as we know we have to then reframe and rethink what we deem is Mm. moral what we deem is Mm. acceptable and just change the whole concept of uh, family so it is it is a very uh confronting Mm. and scary idea Mm. so i can understand the hesitancy many people Mm. have and a lot of people have been through monogamous relationships where they have Felt like they've suffered and they've and they've stuck with someone when it when they weren't happy mm-hmm. because they um, upheld that standard that mm. this is this is the right thing to do. Yes, that's and right. I think that plays into the defensiveness yeah. many people have mm. uh, in saying that. Oh well, no, you're just you know people just give up easily <laughs> these yeah. days and and things like that. Which that mm. there probably is truth to that as well. Yeah. People are sort of mm. not willing to stick it out in the in the tough times. Um, You know, I can't attest to having done that myself. I haven't been in a 10-year marriage or something like that. Um, My my personal uh, opinion on um, monogamy is that I think it is somewhat outdated Mm. and I think that, well, I think the term is monogamish or something. I don't like all these terms. I just like open relationship. Let's just call it that, where you have a primary partner that is the main source of your at least emotional commitment Mm -hmm. and that's your well in my Mm -hmm. my girlfriend right Mm -hmm. that's the person who i would have a traditionally monogamous relationship Mm -hmm. with but uh i don't see why you would restrict each other uh to not be able to have uh whether it's other partners or even just other um other occurrences, mm-hmm. um, if it's just physical, you mm-hmm. know, or if it's even if you do have a a, a lover or something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, even ba- not that long ago, um, me- all, it was just a given fact that rich men all had mistresses and yeah. even rich women had lovers. So it was definitely something for, for the – always for the, you know, upper echelons of society mm-hmm. who were never really that monogamous, you know. Yeah. And even today, like – you know, you, you hear about really uh, uh, famous and rich people who are always, always cheating on each other, and, yeah. and who knows what yeah. happened on that crazy yeah. island. And...
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that it's um, it's definitely interesting and a fair point. But one of the things that we I think overlook in that is the emotions that come with that. And for example, um, I was watching. Um, I think it was one of those Joe Rogan podcasts or something. One
0: of those. One of those. One ones. of those. One. You, you don't. You don't like uh, him, do you? Or uh,
1: sometimes I do. Yeah. Sometimes I don't. Okay. <laughs> Let's leave it. He's at not. That. Yeah, he's
0: not for everyone. He's not
1: for everyone. So, mm. so I like the people he interviews. I think that they're always really interesting. But someone he was interviewing recently, who was trying to debunk the Sex at Dawn book, I can't remember his name. It was Ian something.
0: Mm-hmm. But he
1: was saying that. You know, for men, he was asking Joe, he was like, okay, well, I'll ask you and see what you think. And what is more, I guess, stressful to you? If you're with a female partner Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: she goes and has sex with a man once Mm -hmm. um, and then returns to you and comes back um, or sleeps with someone, or is it more stressful if you have a female partner who goes and develops an emotional connection with a man, but never sleeps with him?
0: Hmm. that's a tough one yeah that is a tough one because well it depends first of all so i'm assuming we're in an open relationship so she's not cheating she's just done this. well no well this okay. is the
1: thing because you i think have this similar view of of joe um where it's maybe monogamy isn't the way so he was kind of like well I don't know which one it is but then this this guy Ian who was he's also a um, evolutionary psychologist was saying most men in monogamous relationships would say that the idea of her going and sleeping with someone was much more stressful than her just having an emotional connection but flip the genders and And women would be like a hundred percent it's the emotional connection that would melt my heart like oh yeah heart. yeah yeah that's really yeah. interesting isn't yeah. it
0: and a lot of fights uh in relationships develop from from that because exactly. the man thinking oh, i just like texted a girl what's yeah. the big deal Yeah,
1: and relationships that develop at work that closeness that bond yeah. um so there is a theory and i don't know if i agree with it because it just like rubs me the wrong way it's, it could be right but it was that women offer um fidelity to men in return oh,
0: okay. for
1: yeah. um, resources and support in raising their shared children. Mm. Um, and that in in that sense, they believe um, that monogamy can be more natural to women. Um, so it's more, you would never okay. have to doubt whose baby is, is this. Sure. Um, yeah. And you would be like, that's my child. And then you would have a more of an invested interest. Mm. So my point is, is that, um, I do agree with you that I don't know if I think monogamy is outdated I think it depends on the person and your action and but there is going to be probably an increase of, of jealousy and maybe some of those emotions of having to adjust and everyone in, um, that I know personally in, in poly relationships say that mm-hmm. for them it works amazingly but it took literally four or five years of feeling a bit on edge before they got used to it um, mm. and feeling really uncomfortable and worried and anxious the first you know year of her going out and seeing another man or vice versa. So it's just how, how you can handle those emotions. And that's also one of the biggest debates against polyamory is, well, then why does jealousy exist?
0: Yeah, of course. But
1: jealousy exists in... In any aspect exactly. of life, not just with love Je- or romance. Yeah, yeah. You,
0: jealousy, I think, is more uh, based. You've got to look inwards if you're experiencing jealousy. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's sometimes not the best idea to gen- then blame the other person mm. and attack them. It's often an issue with you. Mm. Having said that, there are some people that look, okay, yeah, saying monogamy is outdated is probably not the best way uh, to describe it. And it comes across as quite
1: anti-monogamy yeah it
0: comes across a bit um cringeworthy actually so let's let's um let me retract that and say um
1: both need to be viable options
0: yeah 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 i'm not saying um because for some people based on their psychological makeup Mm. monogamy probably is the best option for them i would say Society's insistence that monogamy is the most moral way to conduct yourself is outdated. Mm, How about that? Yeah. We'll go with that. that. We'll go with that. (laughs) Um, So, uh, what I mean by that is, I don't think you're any less moral if you're having an honest, open Mm. relationship. Yeah. So, that's what I'm, that's what I think is outdated. Now, there's
1: so much stigma on people that are in open relationships or non-monogamous, and then a lot of judgment, but, but.
0: just, just quickly. So, I've, I'll have to watch this Joe Rogan podcast. But if he's talking about, you know, women are trading their fidelity for resources and things, we're still. That's my big point again. Like, if we're mm. still sort of intertwining resources, ownership of property, mm. all those factors that come with a modern society, then yes, I do agree, monogamy is is mm. is better. Mm. Not necessarily the only option, but. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we all become communists or anything like that. God no. But um, you just need to. I think we need to. That's why I was saying that you know monogamish or something like along those lines. I think for me, uh, would be would be the best sort of way to yeah. to conduct yourself because it's almost liberating in a way I've found where. <sighs> I have uh, struggled with jealousy when I was younger mm-hmm. and in reading Sex Dawn and other, um, in, and, you know, sort of looking into the philosophy behind a lot of these preconceived ideas I had and, and yes, intellectualizing it to a certain degree, which is something that always appeals to me. I've almost found it liberating then being in, well, not at, stri- you know, I've I've dabbled in that kind of relationship because... Mm-hmm. If you just sort of know, okay, you know this is the night off or whatever, you don't have to. I don't have to worry. Then I'm not like, yeah. oh, what's she doing? You know, I'm just like, all right, yeah, she's probably bang yeah. a dude. Cool, I'll yeah. go and bang a girl. Hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, yeah, that's the other thing because I think for a lot of men get really scared because on average, it's just so much easier yes. for women to to get mm. to get laid, <laughs> yeah, exactly. whereas for men, it is uh, it is harder. So mm. that that is the big thing that I think a lot of men. Get fearful about and 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 then yeah, the idea that you know y- y- your value as a man is based on the virtue of your wo- woman, mm. which that I th- yeah. I think is a bit outdated because why does it you know what what is going to happen when she goes out with her friends anyway she's going to if she looks at a guy and finds him attractive she's going to think that way you can't control mm-hmm. the way people think mm-hmm. so if a woman's going out and looking at I don't know a really attractive man she's she's gonna find him she'll still be in love with you but it's foolish i mean i'm gonna go out and look at girls as well like Mm -hmm. it's it's just it's childish almost to Mm -hmm. assume that oh you need to only be attracted to me Mm. Mm. it's a fantasy and and it Mm. will lead to jealousy um yeah maybe i'm living a fantasy as well where we can just sort of I haven't done it for a long period of time, you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly. And this is this is just me, so it's very anecdotal here. But um, I found it almost easier doing mm. it, uh, mm. you know, with some openness to the relationship. I don't know mm-hmm. if I, I don't want to do polyamory where mm. we, you know, you date multiple people. Mm. Um,
1: just the openness. Open, the, yeah. They call it. I think they call it. <laughs> um like
0: I didn't put her in the um. For people listening, not on, not watching the video, my cat's just jumped onto the. She's come up to the, the table. <laughs> yeah, what a cat! Cats are oh jeez. All right, we'll get her off. <laughs> off. Off you go. Yeah, cats have they have like the you know the dominant male and then all the lionesses. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> you know, cutie. there's like the Mufasa and the Simba who <laughs> yeah. just like. Exactly. Bang all the lionesses. Exactly. And then the men fight to be that dominant male. <laughs>
1: There you go. Yeah, cats teach us a lot. Mm. Um, But I think now I've lost my train of thought. I can't remember what we were talking about.
0: (laughs) I was was just talking about how, um, like, my personal experience with with you know how it can almost be liberate. I find myself Mm. less jealous Mm. because I'm not. I'm just sort of okay. My self worth isn't determined by whether or not you know she's being. Well, no. If she's being fake, because there are still rules yeah. to the to the relationship. Mm. But um, if someone is, uh, you know, not stepping outside the bounds that we've uh, set for a relationship, mm-hmm. it's not. You know, it shouldn't be a detriment to my self worth. Exactly.
1: I think that's um, the important point. Is it is the most common with non monogamous relationships. Not by a long not by a significant amount, but it is more common to have that significant partner and then mm. um, have openness on the side. Um, but alongside with that comes an increased amount of risk, an increased amount of yeah, risk yeah, that yeah. she'll find someone else, want to bear children the, to him, yeah. those kind of things. So it's whether or not people would be willing to take that risk, whether or not they feel they can trust their partner to that le- level, have that mm. amount of communication because
0: – And that is a scary Yeah, idea, yeah. the
1: issues that come from um, these types of relationships are often – what I hear consistently is I said don't sleep with this person and, and they, they slept with that yeah, person. Okay. And then relationship breakdown and trust and – to them, even though they're polyamorous, that's considered cheating because that mm. was an agreed upon um, boundary. So that's one of the other sides is that it does increase, I guess, risk. Um, but at the sec- on the same side, it can be more liberating and people can find that it's amazing to be so trustful with a partner. Mm. And I heard someone speaking about um, polyamory in a TED talk and they were saying, you know, you don't pick one child to love. You don't pick just one friend. Why do we just have to have one lover? Um, which I thought was an interesting point, which which a fair point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, I was, was that the TED talk with Esther Perel?
1: No. Because I listened Maybe to it's one just she a did. Common.
0: And she was saying, um, even just. Uh, a few decades ago monogamy meant something different the first person you slept with was the person you married yeah whereas now it's uh you're you know which she had a good phrase what was it it was like uh you're the one for me right now yeah, <laughs> so yeah. look you look back at in in high school and uni for a lot of people it's all very uh everyone's hooking up with a different person on the weekend and then you'll have a relationship but then mm. it it just seems um mm. like we're almost halfway doing it and and and, you know with the temptation that exists today with all the apps social media. i mean Mm -hmm. the the um opportunity for jealousy is enhanced to such a degree Mm -hmm. where like i said i think it's almost just liberating so that if someone, if a partner is looking at someone else's photo on social media, you don't care as much because yeah. you're like, all right, they're not breaking the rules. You're of doing mine. it
1: openly rather than being deceitful. Exactly. Secret. Have you seen that episode of Black Mirror in the recent season? Yeah, where the
0: guys start banging in the video game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I love that episode. <laughs> yeah. And then he comes clean to his wife. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So for those that don't know, it's pretty much this um, couple and the male has a really good Um, straight male friend but they go into a video game and one of them is a hot female Mm. and then in the video game they have like the sexual connection but outside of it's vr Mm. and outside of the video game they're like nada like nothing um and then eventually he feels that he's cheating on his wife and he's going through this like lots of complicated emotions and he comes clean to her and so they make an agreement that once a month he can go fuck his friend in the virtual reality game and she can go out and meet a man <laughs> Yeah, for one night.
0: See, now that yeah. to me is very reasonable yeah. and sensible. It's mm-hmm. We have this ag- a- agreement. Mm-hmm. There are still rules. Mm. Um, and, and look, if someone breaks those rules, it's cheating and it should be mm. uh, taken as such. Yeah. So, then, so then, you know, you still don't just give in to every temptation. Yeah. It's not as though you're having an orgy every night. I mean... <laughs> You still have to be a, you know, a hardworking and honest yeah. uh, person mm-hmm. who isn't just a hedonist. And yeah. that's what I think people also tend to think about mm. people who might not be uh, monogamous, that, oh, you're just going out every night and banging someone. Yes. that's just not the yeah. case at all. Like yeah. that's ridiculous. So yeah. um, mm. what was I wasn't going to say, uh, I think it can you know, just having different options and thinking about, okay, who are you as a person? Mm -hmm. What will be the best way forward for you in a relationship? Because it's a major part of our life and we don't Mm -hmm. really, we're not taught much about it. We just sort of model it on what our parents did essentially. And you take some time to read, read, read a few books and, and think about what the best way to structure your relationship is.
1: Yeah, exactly. And And if you're happy in monogamous relationships and you don't have an issue with it, then don't feel that you need to explore the other side. Yeah, It's just whatever is going to feel most natural to you or whatever you're feeling really drawn to. And if you do end up in monogamous relationships and you just are really, really struggling with the concept of having a one and only forever, yeah, then maybe... It's it's not for you. Um, and some interesting stats I read was that people that are in non-monogamous relationships are much more likely to be bisexual or pansexual, um, and more likely to be divorced as well. So <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you're like, no, I tried it. Um, and you know, like when you were talking about Perel, like sometimes long-term committed relationships when we find. We think we find the one and only 50% of them only last five to seven years. Um,
0: the statistics yeah. are really great. And then we move on and we do really it again great. and we repeat yeah.
1: it with someone else. But she made a good point where she said back in the day, we would divorce when a relationship wasn't working. And nowadays we divorce because we're like, what if there's something more and what if there's something better and what else is out there? Yeah. Like the potential for increased happiness.
0: Yeah. That's the other thing. Um, We put so much value and emotional significance Mm. in our primary monogamous relationship generally as a society. And even um, this is what sex at dawn, I think, touches on, which is that only in the last 100, 150 years was the concept of romantic love intertwined with marriage. Marriage, yeah. Before it was about your in-laws. Yeah, yeah, it was a way to tie resources and it was Mm -hmm. just, all right, you're from my village, I'm from your village. And I'm sure there was still – but no, love was actually seen as quite a sort of childish, immature emotion. And, you know, Romeo and Juliet is a satire. Mm. People don't know that. Really? Yeah, Romeo and Juliet is – uh, someone who's a scholar tell uh, you know studies this tell me if i'm wrong here but as far as i'm aware romeo and Juliet, shakespeare wrote that as a way to to satirize the the sort of sort of childish and um volatile nature of love and when you wow. look at it you i see it, it now sense. i see it it's it it's so sense. over the top oh where yeah. is she my love and then yeah. oh she killed herself i have to kill myself yeah. it is kind of it's quite childish wow
1: that's so interesting i love that
0: that is the standard you know i need to find my romeo i need to find my juliet no you don't okay it's it's
1: yeah
0: and and that sort of those feelings of romantic love they last two years on average that's it and they dissipate and then that's a huge problem in relationships i don't feel the way i felt before well that's because it's always going to be temporary and
1: chemically yeah it those chemicals um, of oxytoxin and like when you feel addicted to partner and you get that rush of like emotion and love and infatuation mm. for women fade between one and a half to three years and men about two to five years. But, yeah, it fades. It fades. It fades and it becomes a choice. It becomes compassionate love. The love is still there. But I get that constantly. People constantly asking me, do I stay in a relationship if I don't have that like chemistry yeah. like wild attraction but he ticks every other box or do i leave that because that feeling is something that is so important to me
0: yeah, yeah. i could imagine as a therapist that would be one of the main yeah. things you, you deal yeah. with um the, the the spark isn't there yes. the magic isn't there yeah so i think we got to reframe what we look for in a um, primary partner because mm-hmm. i think what's the point unless well i'm at a stage now i'm 26 so i'm looking at the way when i date now i'm I'm looking at who I'm compatible with for in you know in the long run and, yeah. and someone I could maybe one day have kids with or at least sort of build a, a bit of a um, life together mm. with. Now I'm not look I am if that also comes with romantic love and those mm. feelings of excitement and infatuation which uh, that's something it's hard to detach from when you're feeling mm. that um, that's a bonus but I like to think I'm a, I'm at least preparing myself for when those do fade yeah. and and that's another reason why I think well you can never satisfy that person with those those sort of mm-hmm. feelings of excitement and desire mm-hmm. and romance for the for the for your whole life mm-hmm. so it is confronting but yeah mm-hmm. let, let them have that with other people as long as they're also on the same page yeah. understanding that okay this is always going to be temporary and mm-hmm. if you've made a bond with someone you need to understand what that bond is about Mm. and for me with the main thing would be all right we are we are together for the sake of you know children or Mm. we're you know we're uh, uh, shared
1: compatibility long-term goals yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: emotional um Mm. connection Mm. and uh psychological connection and kinship Mm. those are the things we need to um focus on Mm. and yeah have lovers on the side again like when you know, when I'm ten years into a marriage or something, that that's that'll be the test, yeah. Whether I can stick to these um these values that I have at the moment. But mm. anyway, that's my I'm, I'm probably focusing a bit too much. No, on it's such a it's here, such but... a good point
1: because I think that's the biggest um argument for polyamory in today's day and age is that. We put so much pressure on our partners to fulfill every need that we have or expectation we have in a partner. Like, I need you to be there for me emotionally or spiritually. I need you to be the same level of adventure that I am, like Mm.
0: sexually,
1: all these things um, that realistically no one's going to tick off every single box. Yeah, Um, you're kidding yourself. Yeah, and some people, you know, can be um, emotionally mature and think that's okay that I'm willing to have this – make that sacrifice and keep to this committed relationship, um, for the benefit of myself and our love and, and our future. And I think that's amazing. I support that. And some people can have the emotional maturity and think I might try seek that from someone else, but return back to this, or I might have another lover that feeds this, um, this area of me that I need feeding, I guess, or support in. Um, so it really just comes down to just, What's going to work best for you? And it's such yeah. a simple, <laughs> yeah, non-complicated thing. But it's it's whatever f- floats your boat. At the end of the day, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Now, um, I m- I briefly touched on this at the start of the podcast, and I it is something that I think is important to, to t- We've we've dabbled in it a little bit, but we've been at least in the last couple of minutes, we're primarily focused on um, what is the benefit to you as an individual? Mm. Now, I want to. Uh, explore in more depth what is the potential benefits and disadvantages to society at large yeah, if everyone <laughs> is, um, let's just say, you know, everyone hypothetically we we have that same has the same ethos as us, which is okay. I'm going to think about it, and mm. you know, I'd assume much more people would then be in open relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, does that then trend towards uh, a smaller proportion of people being in? happy polyamorous relationships with multiple beautiful people all Mm. living together and then and then people who aren't maybe as uh genetically or as you know Mm. intellectually blessed as other people having to sort of sit on the sidelines and and struggle to get just one partner and then for for society as a whole if that's in a country of 25 Mm. million if a million to three million people are just resentful and Mm. upset that they can't get a partner now is there then a reframing where Mm. you know the partner doesn't matter if you get a partner or not and Mm. and and we can sort somehow instill that into people um i'm hesitant to believe that i think if people are struggling to uh you know find love or find uh people who are attracted to them it can lead to a lot of uh anger resentment bitterness yeah and we see that i think we even already see that in today's society with with hookup culture because there are a lot of people that miss out Mm -hmm. and this is where i then maybe even i have a bit of a conundrum Mm -hmm. internal uh battle going on because Mm. look i'm uh you know i i don't think i'm one of those people on the sideline i think Mm. i you know get enough opportunity that i would be able to live out a yep. open relationship mm-hmm. quite happily and and not sort of struggle to um get partners there but am i doing something immoral in and you know this is this could be offensive to sort of commoditize humans in this way particularly women but you know taking more resources in that sense like mm. keeping more to myself when for the betterment of society, maybe I should just settle down with one person and just, and then, and then be happy and, and mm. not worry about it too much. And then if I have that temptation, resist that. Mm. And that is maybe a, a, a much more, you know, it's a, it's a sort of, it's a more collective and greater and, and, and national identity yeah. in a, in a way. Yeah. Um,
1: it's so challenging. I, yeah. think, I think it really actually does come down to what all these people, biologists are saying that it is. it does come down to the children and whether or not you're going to have them um, because if you're in multiple relationships, can you afford to raise children in three separate households? Can you share your time equally with them? Can you be that consistent role model? Those kind of things I think is, has such a massive impact. Where do you live? Like mm. what household? So I guess the difference would be if it's going to be open relationship or if it's going to be polyamory. There's a, there's a big difference um, between relationship styles like i i know um a friend of mine she is um polly and she was she's had two experiences being in a throuple Mm. so having a boyfriend a girlfriend and they are also boyfriend and girlfriend so the three of them are in a relationship and both times they have broken up but i always wondered but how did you who broke up with who and did you all have to break up at the same time did Mm. one third go what if one one the male and the female break up, but you're still in love with both of them? How does that kind of work? And then if you have children in the mix, and they've got three parents, and all of a sudden they've got two, um, those kind of things really, really need to be considered.
0: For sure, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so do you think? Because um, I still think we can we can change the way people view relationships yeah. without some gigantic restructuring of yeah. society and it can be beneficial for people because then, yeah. well, a lot of, yes, yeah, sex is a, it can be a vice and casual mm. sex can be something that could be detrimental. But at the same time, it's also, it's not the same as alcohol or cigarettes or something. Mm. There's a huge benefit mm. to, to exactly. sex and intimacy. And if we give more of that to people and they're still able to conduct themselves in a uh, in a way that suits uh society and whatever relationships they're in. I can't see that being a bad thing, but mm. yeah, the the thing I do struggle with is like, oh, will more people n- miss out. Mm. What do, what do you think about which sounds kind of like what that guy on mm. Joe Rogan was mm. saying? Do you think that um so, so so yeah, for kids it can be something mm. that uh could be very negative, but do you think what do you think for society at large and for just the general psychological mm. needs and 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 development for young people and then yeah. and then you know for well people of any age really do you have an idea of say you know you were the uh the queen or you know the dictator or something like that and you were able to um uh you know mold the culture of a of a society or a country oh. <laughs> what would you uh would you just say, yeah, you know, it's up to you? Uh, or would you say, no, for the good of the society and country, we need to instill uh, a certain a certain way of, of thinking and that has to be the Yeah,
1: norm. gosh, it's so hard. I think, yeah, that non-monogamous relationships need recognition, they need acceptance, and we need to drop the stigma on it, and that we need to recognise that they can be highly successful and effective and fulfill a lot of people's needs. um, And that, yeah, that just needs to be accepted like that. I also think that, you know, we shouldn't use divorce rates as the biggest um, thing against monogamy because there's just, we could go into that, would be there for hours, yeah. Um, But I'm not sure how how I would structure it. I think, yeah, it would just be a whatever is going to be more fulfilling to you or what is going to make you feel the most secure and the most happy but do it with someone that you know that you can really truly trust and communicate effectively with because sometimes there is a tendency for people in these types of relationships to um, you know you might think okay you've got he's got me as a partner and he's got um, this person as Beth as a partner, but then he's going out Saturday, Sunday, and sleeping with multiple women, and it, it can be sometimes that if that lack of communication breaks down, these relationships going to break down, and it's not just the one web of the him and her or her and her or the two people in the relationship, but it's going to be multiple people and multiple relationships, and how that can affect the community outright. Because mm. if you're in, if you if I've got four boyfriends, and I break up with all of them. That affects four people. It affects their families as well. They've lost the daughter-in-law of their dreams, or whatever. Like it's.
0: But the counter argument to that is, if they've got four girlfriends, that it's not as painful as losing yeah. your one girlfriend. Oh, oh, I've still got three others. You know, <laughs> you know? yeah, more time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly. I don't think there's a a right or wrong way um, because. A lot of people in this day and age don't want children and that's fine. Mm. Um, and a lot of people aren't in just straight relationships. Obviously, that's fine as well. Um, and if you're in a relationship and you don't want to have kids and you want to have multiple lovers, do it. As long as you're both on the same page. Um, I think it's it's fine. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I might not do it myself. Do you, but-, yeah.
0: <laughs> but do you still like on a, you know, for a, the whole of society could could you? I know I'm really pushing this a lot. But I know like, you really want this, but <laughs> we don't have to go any further on it. But you know, could there be something said about self sacrifice in the sense that um, you know, if you leave it fully up to what the individual thinks is best for them? Mm. What if I think, yeah, I just want to have ten girlfriends? Mm. and I just want to sleep with a different girl every night. Exactly. I think that's what's best to me. Would you Would you say, mm, maybe there's a limit there, you know? Which <laughs> like, <a lot> of, <laughs> I think
1: a lot of people are in that mind frame right now. Yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, let's be honest. And they just talked, can't do it. <laughs> we've talked about that. The interesting thing is we talked about this in other podcasts and how this is an issue, but then yeah. when you put the label of non-monogamous on it, it all, all of a sudden isn't an issue. We're yeah, like, I know. We're that's like, strange, we support hey? this. Yeah, yeah, that is strange. So that's a that's a really interesting point. So mm. I'm not sure. Yeah, it,
0: I, I think there still needs to be – and, again, I don't – I do not – I'm not saying, oh, it's, it's most likely if you're in an open or polyamorous relationship that you think this way, but there needs to be something said about our um, – you know, resisting temptation Mm. and not just having as many partners as you can just for the sake of Mm. it and still having other things in your life to focus on and Mm. more, uh, maybe more charitable things that you're uh, concerned about before you then can go and sleep with someone else. So even the Mm. way I would frame, uh, in my view, an ideal relationship for me would be, the main focus has to be those two primary partners. Mm. And mm. if anything is lacking there, mm. you focus on that first. Yeah. And then a night off here and there is a is a bonus, you know. Yeah. That's the way I see it. And then also then if kids are at pla- in, in the picture mm. here, that has to be the main um, concern. So mm. whatever you think you can manage with your life, as long as it's not detracting from what you otherwise value in life, uh, and it's, this is quite vague and abstract, but mm. uh, then I'm fine with, you know, looking mm. at it individually and mm. saying, all right, this I think will be the best way for me forward."
1: Exactly. I think um, Chris, the author of the book, um, Sex Dawn, had a really good comparison to like vegetarians and vegans and (laughs) which i liked oh (laughs) yeah and he was saying you know some vegetarians um will be vegetarian and think, you know, this is really fulfilling. I love it. I feel much better. But they're still going to like the smell of bacon. Um, But, you know, then there's other vegetarians <laughs> that will look at the other option and be mm. like, that makes me sick. Like, you know, if meat was the open non-monogamous relationship, like I can't even look at it. I can't even think about it. That rubs me the wrong way. It's cruelty, whatever, bad for the environment. Mm. And then you have um another ones that are like, I'm vegetarian, but I just can't do it. Like I just want to eat meat. Why, why am I vegetarian just because society tells me this is the best thing for my health why can't I just do this because this is what I'm craving and this is what's natural to me so I thought that was an interesting kind of it's that's how we would f- perceive maybe in if we're in a monogamous relationships sometimes we'd be curious about it sometimes we think absolutely not would I be in a non-monogamous relationship but sometimes I'm like we might be like well, I'm in a monogamous relationship but i don't feel i should be sure yeah. i
0: mean but then could you make the same argument with uh maybe not me but drugs for example oh that's mm. tempting i like the feeling of that that feels nice but i shouldn't do but it but we yeah. but but then um we know that if everyone in society went and did Drugs all the time, then the society would crumble. Yes, <laughs> so, um, yeah. it, again, that's not a perfect analogy because I'm not yeah. saying you know the sex is yeah. well. In many ways, it can be like a drug. Uh, and we're not just talking about sex; it could be mm. a, an emotional connection mm. you have with someone else. But mm. is that then case for uh, people to then resist that temptation? You know, yeah. I, I well, I'm the, you know, I look at alcohol and drugs. I'm like, oh, that's fun, but you know, I don't do it because yeah. I know that. It is uh, well physically bad for you, and uh, you know you get addicted. And but um, what if
1: it? What if it wasn't physically bad for you, yes. and oh, no, you were not getting addicted? That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. So I like again, yeah. it's not a
0: perfect analogy mm. there. Um, mm. But that is definitely an interesting way to look at it. And uh, what's is? I think one of the other the other Weinstein brother or, or um, someone else made a good point saying we need to just. If there is a community of people trying this, let them do it. We got it. We got to be able to. We don't know what is with mm. society the way it is with our um, concepts of private property and the nuclear family and mm. and and the way we have uh, private ownership over mm. uh, assets and all sorts of things like that. We don't know if it's still possible to 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 have some of those uh, non monogamous relationships mm. and for them to still be successful and for them to thrive in exactly. society as we know it. so the only way we're going to find out is if at least a small percentage of people do it
1: yeah someone get onto that yeah <laughs> so we can watch <laughs> well we are two, yeah <laughs> so
0: yeah. I'm fine with their you know being mm. th- that community existing yeah. and um. I would like to see – it. the one qualm I have, which is, I suppose, a personal bias, is that it's so – it almost is like, okay, if you're polyamorous, then you have to sort of fit this other mold. You know, you're usually the same sort of – have the same sort of political views and you're the same sort of kind of person, whereas – That is a very interesting point. Yeah, there's almost this sort of political baggage that comes with being polyamorous. So Mm -hmm. I prefer to just say I'm – in an open relationship yeah. or something like yeah. that. And, and the other thing I'd really just quickly touch on is uh, a lot of men do see it as a, you know, a, a threat to their, well, their masculinity essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you got to kind of reframe the way you look at things and the way you look at yourself. Why is it that your self-worth and your value as a man is determined on someone else's actions? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's, you know, the... Your value and self-worth could be determined on how successful your relationship is and and if someone is then not Mm. upholding the standard of that relationship, that I can see why that would uh, upset a lot of people. But just the act of someone, you know, sleeping or Mm. or hooking up with someone else, um, it's hard sometimes, but, you know, I can't, Logically, I don't see how that's a front to your uh, your value and and the way mm. you perceive yourself. And mm. I think from a you know male perspective, and uh, this mm. would probably apply to women as well, uh, mm. who would you know take it as an insult if someone mm-hmm. looked at another woman or whatever yeah. <laughs> that happens all the time. Anyway, yeah. like but, but um, just. Start to think about that and mm. what you, why you value that so much. Mm-hmm. And, again, it could be that you think this is the best way to live. There's nothing wrong with that. But mm. you can read about this a little bit more and and, and and just think about it. Think about it if you're at that point in your life. Yeah, and um, if you want to
1: try it, just try it. <laughs> there's so many people out there, especially in Sydney, that are. Yeah. there's a massive community of, of open relationships and poly and things like that. So. Yeah, 100%.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any, any concluding remarks for this one?
1: Yep, um, my concluding remark is there's pros and cons to both. Um, yep. There's no one right way, or in my opinion. Um, and just don't don't feel that you have to be boxed in by society and our expectations. Yeah, if you're mm-hmm. not
0: hurting anyone else. Yeah. Uh, uh, I agree. Yeah, but agree. also
1: if you're monogamous and you can stay in a relationship and you know, for your whole life, good for you. That's I think that's incredible. And if you're poly and you can manage multiple lovers, power to you as well, you know, strengths in both.
0: <laughs> good words. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, subscribe to us. on We're on Spotify and the uh, Apple Podcast app. Subscribe to the channel. Follow Eliza on Instagram if you haven't already. And we will see you next time. See you next week. Bye. Thanks, guys.